It's a great day to be a coyote. Welcome, Coyote Nation, to another episode of Back the Pack Podcast, where we are going to be bringing you all of your favorite games, memories, and of course, discussions with our fellow coyotes. As a disclaimer, we have no affiliation to the University of South Dakota. This is a podcast ran by fans for fans. The ideas and comments do not represent the university. Our opinions are our own. Be sure to find us on Twitter at BackThePackSD. With that being said, let's kick it off. All right, we got the guys all grouped up together. So first thing we're going to do actually is we're going to have Jordan go into a recap of the week uh, in USD Athletics. Take it away, Jordan. Welcome back, everyone. Episode three, Back the Pack Coyote Nation. Be sure you follow us on Twitter, uh, Back the Pack SD, and then on Facebook, USD Coyote Fans Nation. Um, nearing 4,000 people in four months. So Coyote Nation strong. Be sure you give us a follow if you don't already. Quick recap. Uh, let's start with women's tennis. They split matches over the weekend, uh, winning 4-3 over Missouri State and losing 4-2 to Iowa State. Their next match is Friday. They got a couple of matches on Friday in Sioux Falls against the University of Sioux Falls in Mount Marty. And then a quick turnaround on Sunday, they travel to Manhattan, Kansas to take on Kansas State. Track and field had a really good showing down in Lincoln, um, Nebraska. Nebraska uh, Junior Sarah Riefenrath um, scored or ran a 54.14400 meter, which is the best time in the Summit League this season so far so yotes won seven events women finished second following up to nebraska and then the men finished third down there so uh pole vault u continued its dominance as both men and women swept one two three uh in the pole vault down there so that's impressive um, next up coming for track and field they have the alumni meet january 26th and 27th in the dakota dome i believe you can go to that um and check it out so Believe it or not, track and field is in full swing, um, so we'll be sure to keep everyone posted on how they're doing and all the records that they'll be shattering this year. Speaking of records, Swim and Dive had a couple of those um, on Saturday. The last meet for Swim and Dive in the Dakota Dome, it's been their home since 1979. Um, the uh, women won 214-86 to 86 against the Jackrabbits. It was a dual meet against SDSU. The women crushed them. Uh, and then the men lost a close one to SDSU, one seventy-five to one nineteen. So the squad split uh, with the rivals to the north. Emily Kahn and Jacob Carlson set pool and school records. Um, Emily did set a school record in the one hundred freestyle, and then the men's two hundred medley set a school record as well. So, congrats to swim and dive. Be sure for um, you know all the sports, but these ones specifically will try to give updates but check out goyotes.com there's much more in-depth recaps with results of how the student athletes did but uh yeah that's the recap jake and mitch over you guys thanks jordan i am excited to see where uh the swimming team looks in the new pool next year that's going to be really cool and that's all done yep really and that's that's a good point too because um i don't know for sure what the plans are i believe it's getting filled um and that east side will It'll, it's part of that renovation on the east side. I know with the concourse and seating and uh, kind of what goes on underneath the seating, all part of a bigger plan. But yeah, they'll be they'll be competing now in the wellness centers, getting a massive addition with an Olympic-sized pool. Um, I want to say there was like a 
swimming ninja course that was going to be in there or something. Um, it's crazy. And it'll be a public pool for Vermilion as well. These college kids got it too good. You know, we didn't get, we barely got to enjoy the uh, wellness center as a whole. Now they're getting all these add-ons. Lucky kids. I, I remember lifting in the dome. Yes. You have to do intramurals in the domes. That was, uh, either you guys, either you guys get to swim in that pool at all? I did once. Honestly, I have like no idea. Swim. Okay. Yeah. I, I was in there a couple of times as a kid for summer camps there at USD. So I, I did shed a tear a little bit, uh, just thinking about those memories, but man, what an awesome pool they're going to have, uh, in the near future. It's going to be awesome. But now I think it's time we get into the main event and let's turn our focus to women's basketball, you know, had a, a up and down week as a whole going up to St. Thomas, knocking them off literally at the buzzer he could not cut it any closer tori to perry what she let go of that with 0.001 seconds on the clock hit the layup to win the game and then unfortunately the road trip kept going and they had to go to the team up north and they did lose that one but i think that saint thomas game definitely gave them some positive momentum heading into it yeah, it's a it's a really good St. Thomas team. Um, I, I tend to pay more close attention to the women's side of the Summit League. Um, have for the last few years, but um, it's a really good St. Thomas League uh, team. The Summit League as a whole is really really competitive this year on the women's side. You guys, there's Oral Roberts is to me the the best team in the league offensively. Um, they are really tough to stop as USD had troubles with them at the SCSC just a couple weeks ago. Um, but overall, I mean, you've got UND's catching fire now. SDSU's really talented this year, um, despite a couple of injuries. So, you know, these these games, like uh, going to St. Thomas, those are games that USD needs to and, and has to and should win um, if they want to be competitive in the summit league. So yeah, you're right. 0.4 seconds. And, uh, coach, uh, according to Tori DePerry, who hit the shot, um, that was a, a draw, beautiful play drawn up by coach Mike Jewett. Uh, yeah, it was a great pass too. I, who, I can't remember who threw it. Um, was it Alexi? Yeah. Yep. Alexi. Okay. Alexi, a beautiful pass too. Really, really it, well done. It all together was just an absolutely perfect way to end the game. I've, pulled it up just in time to catch the ending getting home and I was actually listening to John Thayer on the radio for it all enjoying every moment of it because that fourth quarter uh was just absolutely insane getting them going and like I said you know I think it's something that this team needed we needed to take that step in the next direction to find some momentum obviously it's tough to go to the number one team's home and try to play but their upcoming schedule sets them up for success. I I just took a look here at their upcoming home games, and this might interest you guys. On the 25th, they have Denver coming in, who is currently 8th in the Summit. And then on the 27th, they have Kansas City coming in, who is 7th in the Summit. There's two games right there to climb up the standings to put us back within shouting distance. And then guess who shows up on the 3rd? Number 1. Yeah. You know, it definitely sets them up for some success in the near future. And if they can capitalize on those two, build some positive momentum, we could be looking at interesting Summit League uh, standings here at the end. Here and the, again, guys, this is to um, 
winnable games that they, they need to win. Um, the UND one is going to be a very tough road game. UND is a team that um, early on they weren't really playing as a team, and now, now they've started to play as a team. They're getting four or five um, gals in double figures in these games, and, and they're winning. Um, so that's going to be a tough one. And then, you're right. Listen, I mean, we, we know about this, right? The boys and girls, or excuse me, the men's and women's teams on Saturdays, that sucks losing to SDSU, right? It does. There's an emotional drain of, oh, shoot, we lost to them again, you know, that sort of thing. But you have to look at the bigger picture here. Those were tough losses, but looking ahead, the schedule presents great opportunities. So for the women, these two games, get a great win at UND. Let's get a good crowd in the SCSC to support the, to support the gals. All of a sudden, we're right in the mix of the top of the Summit League again. Yep, exactly. And, you know, it's one of those things, this team, the standings, the record, it hasn't quite shown what we are as a team and what we're capable of. And I, I've kind of went through the stats trying to find what those missing pieces are for us. And so I kind of look at a few stats on the NCAA website, just, you know, trying to find what the answer is. I do think the answer really breaks down to these two right here, or these three, I guess, assist to turnover. Currently, the Coyotes are 74th in the nation uh, on the women's side at 1.03 assist to turnovers. Now, that, you know, is not terrible. You'd like to see those numbers crawl up some more, uh, g- getting the ball moving around properly, cleanly, and getting open looks. But I'll definitely take a positive on the assist to turnovers. Uh, where I think we're falling behind, though, is turnovers force versus turnovers a game. We're only forcing 14 and a half turnovers compared to almost 17 turnovers. And that's where I really think the game comes down to stealing those extra possessions, pulling away from the team, stopping those runs. That's really what I think is missing from us. No, that's a great point, Jake. Um, so I wrote this is just conference only stats, too. We are number one in assists in the Summit League, dead last in turnover margin. I think we the, the last two games we've seen the turnovers, the unforced turnovers have been an issue that I, they need to, I, they're obviously going to be addressed in practice, right? But it's yep. it, it's really frustrating because they get on a run and they make some good stops, and then offensively, I mean, they're eighth out of nine teams in the Summer League in field goal percentage. So it's they've gone cold a little bit, but they've got the shooters that can shoot it. Um, it that's that's the thing that winning these games they're going to need to shoot better and take care of the ball more and i know that sounds obvious to maybe some folks that are listening to but for those that haven't been following close to the girls basketball these are the issues that they're going through i mean you you folks heard it here first jordan's success to winning is scoring more points than the opponent it's all it takes one more (laughs) point well one more quit turning the ball over and shoot it better exactly now i'm actually glad Go ahead. Speaking of shooting it better, Kendall Holmes. I just want to go back to the St. Thomas game before we jump forward here real quick. Is Kendall Holmes, it's nice to see some other uh, women step up and score some points besides Grace Larkins. All the, the, the fans that know women's basketball, they know Grace Larkins. But this team was constructed this year to put pieces around her. And so we, we talk about Tori DePerry, you know, Kendall Holmes. It's nice to see some of these other girls scoring uh, points consistently, especially that game. I think she had like maybe 18 points. But um, And then back to the turnovers real quick, you know, that is our number one issue. And it seems like it's contagious, both men's and women's. Mm-hmm. But and, and last point I'll make on this game is, 
I, I wrote down never say die attitude and gritty. And I believe uh, they had to make a comeback in that game, right? What was it like 10, 12 points? Yeah. Something like that. And, yes. It was yeah. quite a difference. And and what I noticed, the one thing I noticed was they were making things happen on defense, which then led to easy offense. And so we were talking about, you know, taking the ball away, giving the ball away. Those two things are absolutely huge. And it's impacting both our men and our women right now. Yep, exactly. And I think, you know, you talk about the comeback. Four minutes left in the third quarter, we were down 13 points against St. Thomas. And what they did is they ended up scoring 28 points in the fourth quarter to pull it, uh, to actually push them and then obviously take the lead right there at the end. So they definitely found something. Kendall Holmes, you're right. She's been going off. She was huge success. Uh, Hugely successful at against Oral Roberts and at St. Thomas. 21 points against Oral Roberts, 19 against St. Thomas. It, it is about finding help for Grace. Grace is doing a phenomenal job, and when we can get players around her to step up, like Kendall Holmes, and drop 15 points a game, get somebody scoring 10, it's going to take the load off of her. I think it will spread out the defense, get them away from Grace a little more, give her a little more one-on-one opportunity. And I think we... It should help us stay away from those unforced turnovers, those sloppy mistakes. Now, I do think uh, we should do a little catch-up, too, for the folks that haven't followed too closely on the women's basketball and talk a little bit about the non-conference, just who we played, um, some key wins that we had. Big one, second game of the year, we started off going to Creighton, number 21 Creighton. We did end up losing that game 81-55. to it, we did put up a great effort right away to start, and what Creighton just ended up using their talents to pull away from us. Yeah, I wish I could have watched it, but it was on Flow Hoops, and Flow Hoops is not ideal. I've never even heard of that before. <laughs> I I just listen honestly. I use the Varsity app. That thing is phenomenal. You know, not sponsored or anything. Just want to say that that app allows me to listen to anything and everything that I want as long as we have a radio call on it. Varsity app, duly noted. Yes, it gives it helps me keep up to date with all my teams as they're playing. Uh, I had uh, I this weekend a lot of basketball games on. I had one on the TV. I had the USD SCSU game on the phone, and then I was also watching play by play on the ESPN app of another <laughs> game, just trying to keep up because you know what, everybody had to start at one o'clock. <laughs> yep, that was me on Thursday trying to watch both the men's and the women's game at the same time. Uh, I wish that uh, you could dual screen or multi-view on the Summit League network. That would be ideal. Can I tell you what would be really ideal? If we didn't have mirrored schedules? Hey, there you go. <laughs> shout out, Mark. When... Yeah, I was going to say, shout out to Mark. Um, I know John, AD John, is putting a focus on it, but this mirrored schedule is a pain and on weekday games makes it even worse. You know, and, we, and it, uh, some folks have mentioned this in the Facebook group too, is it does, it can prevent people from going to games because if the girls and guys play at the same time on a, let's say a Thursday night, and for lack of better terms, it's a better, like the, let's say the, the girls are on the road and it's a good, it's a much better matchup than the guys one, like the guy that's like, yeah, the other, they're going to win tonight, but the girls one, that's a big one. You know, that could set up seating. People are going to stay home and they're going to choose to watch 
the girls game versus go. Not everyone is because some people are going to stream it while they're at the game. But some people have brought up before, especially the Yotes in Sioux Falls, that I'd, I'd the thing I'd just rather stay home and we'll just watch them both instead of missing one. It, it gives us the opportunity to watch both at the same time uh, at home. You know, going just based off our streaming services, whatever we're using, or Midco. But yeah, mirror scheduling, it's a no-go for me. I, I definitely think it's time to move on to that. Uh, back in the day when we used to have women then men's, you carry over, you keep the uh, crowd engaged, and then everybody's there to watch both games. It's a heck of a deal. It was so much fun. <laughs> well, I guess as a student, when you got free pizza or wings in between the games, it was a <laughs> good deal. Exactly. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rag on the students by any means. But what John is doing, AD John is doing <laughs> to get students to go to the game, the amount of effort I would have put in to win that uh, basketball jersey would have been insane. Though The give outs that he's doing, and he is a man of his word. I remember Jordan and I went to meet him at Pizza Ranch on his introduction, and he said, you know, maybe we'll do a contest half-court shot. I'll pull $1,000 out of my own wallet. Person makes it, he gets my $1,000 of my own money. Sure enough, he's done it the last, what, three home games now, I think, is what it's been. Yeah. It was funny at the game, uh, the guys game. <laughs> the They were doing it during the timeout. The student was there, and then the PA guy is going through all of the sponsor stuff and, and explaining what it is. And he finishes up saying, and as he's, like, talking, the kid shoots it. Like, he's just at half court with a USD basketball and just shoots it. And the guy finishes reading it, and he's like, $1,000 also from John Cole, and, or Mayor John Cole. And apparently he has already shot and missed, so thank you. And then he thinks, <laughs> and he just looks over at Jaron Duffy like, well, I guess that's uh, that's the shot. I, I think... Uh... They need to change the promotion a little bit. Let's change it to you get 10 seconds. Throw up as many as you can. I do like the, <laughs> like, you get 10 seconds or 15 seconds, whatever you can get, like, two yep. or three shots. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, it was a fun atmosphere. But Good. I'll wait to go more into that when we talk about the men's game. Yeah. The men's game. <laughs> now, the one thing I, I want to talk about, and we kind of already covered it a little bit, but current standings, just as a whole. Mm-hmm. For the women's basketball, uh, right now, uh, the USD women are sitting at sixth place in the summit, two and three on the conference record. They're three games back. I think that, I mean, they have those huge opportunities to move up coming here soon. Honestly, this season, it, it, it really is anybody's game out there. I'm just kind of taking a look here to see you. Uh, Oral Roberts is in second at five and one, so they're only half game back. North Dakota State's one game back at four and one, St. Thomas three and two, and then North Dakota at three and three. Are you guys seeing anything that surprises you on the standings? Me personally, no. I this is kind of, I mean, how low USD is right now. Yes, um, I like going into the year. I knew that um, State would be good, or Roberts would be good. St. Uh, UND would be good. St. Thomas. Um, uh, as well as North Dakota State. So, like, I thought it was the top six teams, yeah. that That's about what I thought. The way that they're ordered is a little bit different, obviously, than what yeah. I anticipated um, going into the year. But I think those are your top six teams, clearly. But uh, Kansas City, Denver, and Omaha, they're scrappy. They're fun to watch, but 
they just come up on the losing end. Um, they've, they're co- they're really well coached, those three squads. So um, in Sioux Falls, anything can happen. I they're not these teams aren't scared of USD and SDSU and in, in the environment mm-hmm. at the summer league tournament because seven seeds and eight seeds have won before. Like they're they're not scared. Do big crowds help from the South Dakota schools? Sure, but they're the coaches, the teams, they're not scared anymore of coming to the Denny. All right. So yeah, I, I think as of now, I think we've covered quite a bit about the women's basketball. The upcoming games there's a lot of important ones. We already mentioned the next four. Um, getting three of those four at home, going to help uh, fill that gap. And then, you know, we still have some opportunities to take down the top teams up there too. So there's a lot of good opportunities on there. Do you guys have anything else that you want to add for the USC women's? Yeah, I'll just add one thing, Jake. I, You know, I think it'd be easy to write this team off right now uh, with where they're at in the standings, but there's a, like you said, there's a lot of basketball to be played. And really all that matters right now is that they can find a way to put it together, put, fit the pieces of the puzzle together, be more consistent and make that run so that they're peaking at the right time come the beginning of March. Because ultimately to remind fans, the Summit League is a one bid team and all it takes is for one team to win three games in a row in March. And so that's really what it's all about right now. So for for Yoke fans, that's all we can really hope for right now is that this team puts it together, gets consistent, and gets hot at the right time because there is still time. Yeah, exactly. And I think you covered it perfectly. Three games, three wins, and you're in the dance. Doesn't matter where you stand at the end of the year during the regular season. But one thing I think we should really turn our focus to, how much fun was that NIT run? You know, taking your opportunity, taking the, getting those wins in the regular season gives us the opportunity to get, you know, if we do miss out on the NCAA tournament, to get into the NIT or the other, uh, is it CBIS? I think is what it's called. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a few other opportunities for postseason tournaments out there. But, you know, if we don't make the NCAA, the NIT was a lot of fun, and there's a lot more opportunities to get home games out of those. So I think the women definitely can jump up and win a few more regular season games. And like you guys said, not, we don't know what's going to happen in March, but it could be interesting. It's a Yeah, not to beat the same drum here, but just the schedule. Denver, Kansas City, SDSU at home. So three three of the next four games are at home. Coyote Nation calling you guys out. Um the girls need your support. And two of those are on Saturday. So this Saturday against Kansas City, um, this Thursday against Denver, next Saturday against SDSU. And then two of the next three games are also at home against Omaha. And then on Saturday, February 17th, a rematch against St. Thomas. So that that's going to be a huge game. Um, they have a really favorable schedule closing out the year, those last, you know, eight, 10 games. Um they still got to go to Oral Roberts and two NDSU, as as well as Kansas City, three straight there. Um, but these home games are going to be really important for us to to show up and and to support these gals. Because you're right, Mitch. Dude, nobody's counting them out, and if you are, I mean, the, that's on you. Because this it's still the University of South Dakota women's basketball team. They're well coached. Um, they're, they're great athletes. They're just going through a tough stretch right now, and they got some mistakes that they need to fix. And uh, I very much look forward to seeing 
this next game on Thursday and how they respond. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, emotional win, then your next, your biggest rival in the next game doesn't really create an equation for success there, but I mean, they had them. With the, yeah. First quarter, great first quarter. And then they just stayed, just <laughs> dialed it up a notch in the second and then never looked back. Exactly. Now we can also talk. There was another buzzer beater in, in that game as well. Ended the first quarter with a buzzer beater too. So I don't know what it is, but apparently we need the horn the sound every time we shoot and we'll be putting the ball through the hoop. But with that, I think it's uh, time to change our focus a little bit to the men's side of things and really, you know, talk about how they've been doing. You know, I was excited about this team to see what they could do in the non-conference. I don't know what the heck happened in California, though. That trip broke this team. Do you guys have <laughs> any ideas what happened there? It's a California trip over, what, Christmas break? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough road trip. And then to, to play Bakersfield and lose handily after you beat them at home. Um, and I, I thought they would take care of business against San Diego but watching that game, they just uh, they looked out of sorts. Um, luckily, they <laughs> luckily they got the NDSU win. Um, that far that was that was big. that was like watching that going. There, there it is. That's the Yotes team defensively, offensively. That's what I'm. That's what that's what this team is. And that was uh, Stewart's coming out game too, where he. Yeah. I mean, we all knew about him. He's been playing well up to that point. But he drops thirty three on NDSU mm-hmm. up in up in North Dakota. That was a very impressive game by him. That I think he really needed. I do have to make the one joke. Um, it is good to see that USD did get that win against USD. Somebody had to make that joke too. So that one was that that California trip really I I think turned the team in the wrong direction. But it it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know really what more to say about that. Here, here's what I will say. I'll say I'm nauseous right now because this men's team, it makes me feel like I'm on a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. They've had some high highs and some low lows and a whole lot of inconsistency in between there. And so honestly, just looking at the schedule and kind of recapping what we're doing right now, I mean, holy smokes, there is absolutely no rhythm. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this some more as we dive into the most recent games, but no rhythm, completely out of sync. I, I just... There's a whole lot of issues, which, like I said, we'll probably dive into here in a second. Yeah. Uh, they had some opportunities to get some quality wins in the non-conference. You know, like Jordan said, getting Cal State Bakersfield at home. But then we turn around and played them again, what, 10 days later? Which that that scheduling um, kind of threw me off when I saw that on there. I thought it was a typo. Or I know California has a lot of colleges out there. Thought maybe we accidentally put the wrong team in there twice, but that that was a tough one. Um, you know, going toe to toe at DePaul, uh, coming up short by twelve. That was you know a good effort. DePaul is a nationally known team. Outside of that, the non-conference was lackluster at best. Won the games for the most part handily that we were supposed to win. Uh, the bigger names definitely made it tougher on us. But then we turn our focus to the summit and our uh, regular season at first you're like oh maybe we do have a shot at competing at this against uh the summit going up to north dakota state and winning 
But then we turn around and have Omaha come to into our house and beat us by 16. And that, then the, that's a tough game. Ahead. Yes. Doesn't help that fiddler, Frankie fit. And he's an all summit. He's all conference. He'll be, I mean, I'm putting him top three, top four for player of the year candidates, but he went off. Yep. Right. I, I think that was, I'm pretty sure yep. it was Fiddler. Yep. It, it was Fiddler. He went eight of 15 from the field, 27 points. Uh, yeah. Crazy stat, nine for nine from the free throw line, which that's, that's how you know you're winning games, <laughs> going 100% from the free throw line. Uh, so, yeah, that was quite the, like Mitch said, the roller coaster ride, going, hitting a high, high right away to start the summit and then hitting a low. But then we had the, was it the non conference? competition with the big sky which felt like that was a little weird uh as our third or what would have been our third game into the summit and we ended up going on to in that one losing at or losing to eastern washington and then traveling to montana and losing there as well so i don't know how you guys feel about that but i really like that challenge uh it's something new uh for the men and the women i really like it but i don't like its placement on the schedule and i hope that that gets fixed for the future if this is going to be a long-term thing i would agree with that mitch i either do it before conference play starts or do it at the halfway point for some reason like do it after everyone's kind of played each other throw it throw it in there see if the big sky is willing to do that too about their halfway point Gives teams a little break to um, something new. There's no way you get worse off that. You know, you can learn what you've yeah. done in the conference and, and try it against a, a conference of equal, equal talent. Um, but yeah, I would agree that that placement this year was weird. Playing a couple of conference games and then having that sandwiched in. Yeah, and I think you know with those games they were pretty deflating, and it kind of continues with Oral Roberts. But then we get to this week, uh, this past week. And getting that win against St. Thomas in Vermilion, that was a big win. And I think with that game, it sure looked like they found something. I don't know, you know, what it is exactly that they found, but things were rolling. And then, you know, you jump into the SCSU game and what, with like five minutes left, they brought it within three. And then the refs decided to get involved in the game, really make them their presence known. Eric Peterson gets called for a technical and that really just started the run to create the gap that's a bad spot to get a tee i i know he'd been harping on him but when you're trying to make a comeback that that was unfortunate spot to get a tee but i I don't blame him the refs got um pretty inconsistent um one of the refs i enjoyed watching uh laugh it up quite consistently with the sdsu coaching staff during timeouts and when I noticed that in the first half, I was like, okay, I'm just going to see his next four calls after I saw that all were on USD players. Now, but here's the thing is if they're fouls, they're fouls, that's fine. But Chun was also getting beat up in yep. the post. And there was a lot of hand reaching where it was like, okay, I'm, hey, call it, call it. If you're not going to call it, then don't call it. You, what you're calling in the first half should be what you're calling the second half. Or if you're willing to change how you're calling in the second half, change it for both sides. And that, you know, I've seen that in games. They've, I've seen refs change their tune. Um, They turn uh, basically a rock fight into a pillow fight, but they kept it consistent on both sides. Now, again, like I said, I didn't get an opportunity to watch this game. I was not down there. I know you were actually there, Jordan. But the way John was selling it on the radio... 
I even heard some words from John that I don't think I've ever thought I'd hear over the air. But these refs definitely got involved in the worst kind of way, and it seemed like they were really kind of affecting the game after USC brought it within three, got it within single digits even. Yeah, it was um, I, I not blaming, full disclosure, not blaming the officials for that loss, but they had a major impact in the middle of the run that made very questionable calls, and it just was funny that the ones making the questionable calls were always seeming to have a, a glorious time in the STSU huddle. So not blaming officials because we, the, the Yotes, uh, they lost that game. The STSU was the better team that day, but yep. it, it did affect at that time a run. The technical by Coach Petey did not help whatsoever. Um, he'd be the first to admit probably, but that's not the spot to get a T. Um, but yeah, in the crowd, yeah, the crowd was growing quite restless. They were, which yo fans usually don't do. They're yep. usually pretty, they, they are smart basketball watchers. And when they get involved, there's usually a good reason. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, here's my thought on that technical. We talked about that a little bit. So against the Tommies uh, on Thursday, Coach Peterson picked his spot and got one in that game. And it, it lit a spark in the team. And so my theory is he did it again, knowing knowing we were hanging on by a thread in that game and the calls were what, what you said they were. I, I think he picked a spot to try to repeat that to spark his own guys and it backfired. Yep. Yep. That's a good, that's a good assessment, Mitch. Now, similar to the women, I kind of started doing my digging as well, looking into what's missing. You know, this team, I feel like they have the pieces there. They have the talent in the right spots. And so I started looking at it and I'm going to jump to the, same three stats that I talked about on the women's side of things on the men's assist to turnover. This is where I think if we could get things changed here, the game would look completely different. Assist to turnover, we're at just 0.93. So we're actually averaging more turnovers than assists per game. Mm-hmm. That, that makes it tough. And, you know, we're only forcing 9.7 turnovers while committing 13.6 of our own and getting that opportunity to steal. A few extra possessions. I, I sound like a broken record because I said it about the women too. But stealing those extra possessions go so far in the game and can turn it into, you know, stopping a run or being buried. Yeah, they're not they're not good on offense right now. Conference play their last in the Summit League on offense. Uh defense is good. Defense is second. Um overall, guys, like that's a, a team that's still trying to grow familiar with each other um since we are a fan account um i will say i i I think hill has made a point that he needs to be playing more he is a facilitator on offense he can shoot his defense is really really good um he's a redshirt freshman so that's that's cool to see i guess you could say um I, 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 let I, me pause you for one second. Yeah. Let me pause you one second, Jordan, because I want to educate our fans here that might not know of this guy. I'll just give a quick background. So Javon Hill, 6'9 or 6'10 from Wichita, Kansas. He he transferred to Houston uh, area of Texas later on but uh, in high school, but now he's, he's up here. He's a computer science major. Shout out to those guys. That's what I was at one time. <laughs> and uh, I, he literally saved us in that St. Thomas game. 
I mean, yeah. you look at his rebound, his rebound and put back with a silky shot too, uh, with seven seconds left, and then a big three in overtime. So, sorry, I just wanted to to give him a shout out because some fans might not know his name, but uh, you're gonna very quickly. Yeah, and Max Burchill, Sioux Falls Lincoln grad, he had a great game against St. Thomas. Um, no, that's that's really good, Mitch. Because uh, I don't know, just watching the last few games, he needs he needs more rhythm. He needs to stay in the game longer um but when he's out there the offense is clicking um you know the bruns brothers are doing okay i'd like to see them do a little more isaac's uh, doing a little better um but paul um you know i we all know he can play better than than what he is right now i don't think caleb stewart's a hundred percent uh didn't he have the flu against saint thomas or he was sick or something he was injured first and then they were he was questionable to play and then all of a sudden the flu hit him and so he was out he was ruled out for St. Thomas game. That's what okay. Yep. So the talent the guys talent's a big picture here. I, I think that as they play more together, we've already seen it now the defense is getting better. Like State's a good team. They lost to a good yeah. team, an experienced team that have played together now for two, three years. Um, those core pieces. Um how the more that they play together, the better they're going to get. So this is where these, yeah, these two, um, this road trip coming up to Denver and Kansas City. Denver's a phenomenal team this year. That could be a top four team by the end of the season. Yep. Um, so if they can, if they can split or, or win both of these road games, um, it's it's going to be encouraging. The, this team, yes, again, like I said earlier, losing the state, your rival sucks, but. You got to think bigger picture here. There were good things we saw on Saturday, especially and on Thursday against St. Thomas. They're getting better. They're going to need our support at these home games coming up um, in February and then into March. But I'm pleased. The offense needs some work, but I, overall I'm pleased with how they've been getting better every game and they're slowly getting towards their potential. Yes, exactly. And they are still, you know, I, like I said, I brought up the turnovers and the assists, but they are still... One thing I want to bring to your guys' attention, they're 50th in rebounds per game margin. Hmm. They're out-rebounding their every opponent, and this is going back non-conference included even, but they're averaging over 40 rebounds a game to just uh, giving up 34. They're 57th in the country on offensive rebounds at 12, and then 37th on defensive rebound at almost 28. They are doing the little things right. They're putting in the effort, and I know... That effort leads to being rewarded. Soon that that's going to come, but it'll be really nice when we can actually have the full team out there as well. Yeah. Missing Caleb, I know we beat St. Thomas, but he's also got a lot of capabilities of putting the ball through the hoop, and I'd like to see him out there more. I don't know uh, with it, we kind of jump into the same thing. In the end, we just got to make sure we find the momentum heading into March, know what this team can do, and then just turn Sioux Falls into how crazy is win those three games and get to the tournament. Hey, here's a fun fact for you. So, uh, Lahatchun, he is the league leader in double doubles in the Summit League. He had his ninth one against the Tommies. So, you know, we go back to oh. the, the team itself. Like, we have the talent, right? And if you look at how this team was constructed, it's a lot, there's a lot of transfers in there, too, that uh, Coach Peterson brought in. And I just don't see them as one cohesive unit right now. I think they're just all over the place. There's no rhythm. The offense is horrible. Like we talked about, um, just they, they got to piece it together. Kind of like the women, they, they've got 
the the pieces of the puzzle. They just have to put it all together and be on the same page. I, I really think that's the, the biggest thing that's lacking right now. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think we, we don't have the wrong coaches. We don't have the wrong players. We just have the wrong game plan. I, you know, I don't know exactly what it is. There's just a piece missing. And when that piece shows up, we have the full capabilities for the women. Uh, I mean, we return everybody, but Tori to Perry next year and, you know, with COVID and the way things that were on that, who knows if she does come back again. Uh, men, I have not had an opportunity to really look into it, but I know we got a lot of youth on the men's side as well. Mm-hmm. Good talent coming in next year too. Yep. Great talent. You're right. I mean, uh, we have great coaches, great staffs. Um, the student athletes are great. It's just um, getting the more they play together, the more continuity there is. Uh, I don't think the the season is. I'm not worried at all for either team because I know what they're capable of. Now it's it's executing right. You can have any every team will have a game plan mm-hmm. that here's how to beat a team. You got to execute it. You don't execute it, typically lose. Exactly. So, it's executing the game plan that Coach Peterson and Car and Coach Carius create. Um, the the girls, a young team, but they're getting more experience, different situations, having a mm-hmm. big lead in a hostile environment in Brookings in the first quarter, and then losing it in the second, just like in the snap of a finger. Okay, that yep. adversity, learn from it, grow from it, use it to motivate you and fuel you these next games. Summit League is a daunting schedule. Mm-hmm. There's anyone can beat at anyone at any time. So, um, yeah, I, they're, they're fun to watch too. So yeah. it's like they're right now they, they lost on Saturday, but these home games coming up, go check them out, get your tickets, go to the games. At the end of the day, I've seen teams where they finished the season 500, but they were uh, completely, or they were undefeated at home. Crowds can make a huge difference. And that's really what I think it takes. And who knows, maybe, uh, Shout out to our new hire from this fall. Maybe we could uh, get the team involved with Tanner Peterson some more, uh, help work on the psychological side of things. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, you know, I, I'm not really sure what more we have to say. You guys have anything else that you want to add to this? I will say that we talk about this in the Facebook group. Let the university handle the student section. Is it disappointing? Sure. There's a lot of factors the new AD has a plan. He's told people the to plan. Quit. We need to stop belittling. It's frustrating, yes. But let the university handle it because we as a general audience and fan group have no place to talk about attending games because we are not the best at it either. So Saturdays are tough, right? There's a lot of kids' events. There's a lot of tournaments to go to. It's top family events, et cetera. Um, but us three, I would hope, would agree, like, if folks, if you can make it to a Thursday game, driving mm-hmm. up from Sioux City, um, driving up from, you know, if you're in Nebraska or if you're in Sioux Falls and you can make a game, doesn't it doesn't matter if it's UND, St. Thomas, Kansas City, or SDSU. Go to the SCSC. It is so much fun. My God, when it's even a quarter full, like for a yeah. volleyball game, which is still a great crowd – it gets loud. The game on Saturday when the Oats were making a run, it got so loud, and that place was just over halfway full. You make a difference, and yep. 
um, you know, fan is short of fanatic. So when you're there, get into the game. Um, if you've got young kids, they do a great job. They have Charlie walking around. There's fun activities during the game on the video board. Um, they've really done a, a, a great job for the best arena in the Summit League. Like it, it is the best arena in the Summit League. Um, it's the nicest facility. You feel like you're at a professional event. Yes. So, not, sorry. I just wanted to get into that because it was a great crowd on Saturday. Um, and you continue to support these teams. And, you know, tickets aren't expensive whatsoever for these games. So, exactly. if you can make it, if you can make it get to the games um, and let the university handle the students and getting them, they've got a plan in place. Uh, yeah. And I think you summed it up perfectly with it, too. Can't throw rocks in a glass house. You know, we can all complain about the students showing up or not showing up to the game. I sit back. I I don't complain about it because I, I struggle to find times to make it to basketball games. So the seasons are long. It is tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a father of two little girls, a Thursday game at 7 o'clock when I'm already putting them to bed, it, it doesn't work for our schedule. But take your opportunity to show up, you know, take advantage of those Saturday games. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing else to do in South Dakota in the middle of winter. I tried to go ice fishing today, and I dang near got blown across the lake because it was that windy. So, <laughs> well, I'd rather went to the uh, Sanford Sports Complex and uh, enjoyed a game instead, and a dome dog, of course. But and a reminder too to fans: if you can't make it on a Saturday or you know Thursday, but if you can't make it on a Saturday, if you are out at tournaments and stuff, or you know kids' events, where are USD stuff? You know, just like it's a game day. Wear USD stuff if you can. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, show show the pride. And I will say this. If you're walking around Sioux Falls and I see you wearing a USD gear, I'm walking up. I'm at least saying, hey, nice shirt. But you're definitely getting a high five out of me. Oh, you're getting the yo hand signal from me. Yeah, man. you're getting go, yo, yo. hitting the go yo. <laughs> 100%. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else that you want to add? Do we want to do fan shout outs? Before we get out of here, end on something positive. Yeah, let's do it. What do you got for us, Mitch? My, my first one is is got to be fan of the year, or I should say fan of the day, fan of the week, fan of the year. You know, everybody's favorite, Mark Went. We got to give him a shout out. He's at W Diamond six hundred five on Twitter. With the he he constantly pumps out amazing content. As he specializes in the Celine Dion, the Titanic videos, right? Putting those out, and, and he, he put out another banger this week with the buzzer beater on the women's side of the St. Thomas. So go check that out. Give him a follow. Give him a shout out because, you know, what he does for this fan base is truly amazing and special. So shout out to you, Mark. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't think I've seen that guy miss a game. So he's a fantastic fan for the University of South Dakota. I, I think he's a perfect fan to give a shout out to on our first time. I do have breaking news, though. To those that do not know, Mark went his eye chart, his infamous eye chart, <laughs> was Love torn it. in half before the game on Saturday. No way. It was torn in half. I, I'm not sure if he's going to tape it back together. Um, so I don't know if you can add, like, the breaking news music later after I'm recording. But um, he did tweet out, that the eye chart has been ripped, so he's looking for either another one or we. Can, I, I love the. Um, oh, I just had her name. Um, her daughter made the believe sign during the Saint Thomas. Awesome. 
Yes, this is a great story. I don't, I'm, God dang it. Professor Owen, right? It was Dr. Owen? It, yeah, Carrie William? or Carrie Owen. William? Yeah, her daughter uh, remade the Believe sign from Ted Lasso. Yep. And it was in red and it had USD colors and held it up on the iPad during the game. And I see no trademark issues whatsoever. I would love <laughs> to have copies of that made or put on it. We can put it on a shirt um, and give the, give the kid a hundred percent. I don't even care about the profits we make on the t-shirt, but that was so cool. Um, so shout out. That's, that'll be my little shout out to her daughter. <laughs> yeah. We, we got the grown up fan of the week and then the, Kids fan of the week. Goat fan of the week. There we go. <laughs> so I do have to ask though, with Mark's eye chart, please tell me that he accidentally tore it in. It was accidentally. Okay. I think it happened in his car. Oh, I kind of, yeah, I thought I, the fan base from up north would have grabbed it and ripped it out of his hand. Well, here I no. thought he did it himself because he was mad at the refs. <laughs> that too. <laughs> no, I, it was on accident. Um, yeah. We should have him on next time to be like, hey, what the hell happened here? That thing's been through a lot of bad calls. <laughs> I, honestly, the gifts that he posts are just perfect. This little pole, disappointed look on his face, it's all great. But I think what we'll do, uh, we'll go ahead and close things up here. The only thing I want to add, be sure to get to the SESC on the 25th. And the 27th for the women's team, taking on Denver and taking on Kansas City. Men, um, February is kind of brutal to them. We are front-loaded with a ton of away games and then back-loaded with a lot of home games. Be sure to get there on February 1st and February 8th to help them out in that long stretch of away games. And then we'll close out the season hard. All right, perfect. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you later. Go Yotes. Thank you again for listening, Coyote Nation. Be sure to download and subscribe to our podcast so we can keep bringing you all the best coyote content. And like always, it's a great day to be a coyote.